This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This episode of Fat Mascara is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. Therapy is a safe space to get those things off your chest. Plus, it can help you develop coping skills that make your life easier. I will give you an example. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you've probably heard me say it to Jess or to a guest reframe. Well, I learned that technique from a therapist. Here's an example. Now that I'm a freelance writer and podcaster, I get lonely working from home and I feel like I'm never going to get to collaborate on projects again. And that's the truth. Reframe, I get to choose which projects I work on. So I'm in control of what I work on. And if I want to collaborate more with others, I don't have to ask anyone's permission. I can just do it. See what I did there? That's reframing. If you've been thinking about starting therapy or are looking for someone to help you process things and give you coping skills, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash mascara today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash mascara. Again, betterhelp.com slash mascara. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. It's time for Fat Mascara. Everybody, let's be energized because Jess is over here clapping and messing up the sound levels, but also yawning. Okay. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I was really, I'm really tired. Welcome I've to got Fat a coffee. Mascara. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm just, it's Jess. I'm just, I just need to. <laughs> it's a me, little, Jess. I'm fine. I, I just need a little assistance this evening. Okay. Well, I am going to teach all the people all the things while you sip your all coffee. All the things. All the no, things. We're going to talk about today 
sponsorships with celebrities. One in particular, which we haven't talked about <laughs> yet, even though it happened like two weeks ago, Kendall and Proactive. We'll mm. discuss. Um, <laughs> then we have fixes for flyaways, as in those tiny little hairs that somehow in the middle of winter are worse than ever. And last up is sunscreen, the new margarine, or maybe even as bad as cigarettes. <gasps> it's not a rhetorical question. Some researchers have answers. <laughs> I want to talk about it. And then I cannot wait to welcome our guest, the fabulous, the knowledgeable, the forever multitasking Michelle Lee, editor-in-chief of Allure. So, Jen, I am not one to follow the Kardashian shenanigans. They're just, they're not really, they're not for me. Okay. I'll just leave it at that. They're not for me. But, uh, you know, about a week and a half ago, sorry, late to the party, um, Kris Jenner announced on Twitter that Kendall Jenner was brave and vulnerable for sharing her most raw story in order to make a positive impact for so many people and help foster a positive dialogue. Um, it was a testament to the incredible woman you've become. OK, a lot. Of she has a mental health issue. That's what a lot of people thought. What was it? Um, she she had a, a second a second tweet, which had things like hashtag be the change, share your story, hashtag change the conversation. Everyone thought what you just said. Mental, you know. She, Men, yeah, she had a mental health. Mental health. She, she was going to share with us all. Right. Well, <laughs> what? it turned out that her mother was teasing the fact that she is officially, she's the official face of proactive. Why is that something to, like, be vulnerable about? Well, okay. Hi, guys. I just got a couple million dollars to use this face wash. So vulnerable. I have a feeling. I don't know. I'm not. I I, I feel like you probably get more than a couple million. I don't know. I, that's complete speculation here. Um, I I laughed so hard when I found out. And I, I found out, like, a little late. Like, sorry. I was, like, in a hole for a couple of days. But when I did find, find out, because I saw, like, these, like, memes. And it was, like, my face when I found out. And it was, like, you know, lots of people, like, Laugh. Like girl, what? Yeah, yeah, like, lots of like now. you know, like rubbernecking and yeah. like you know, eyes bugging yeah. out. I, I'm not surprised by this kind of like Kardashian spectacle and this kind of like, you know, the 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 dramatics and the, yeah. you know, they're really masters of the media. But it raises a bigger question: like, are you really like surprised or like at worst, like, or most implausibly like offended that like? Kendall Jenner would do something like this. No, were people offended? People, some people were like, you know, more, some people, there were, there was a breath of reactions on the internet. That she was giving such importance to such a trivial topic kind of thing? Just, they felt kind of like played. Oh, and please. Like, I mean. We're getting played every single day by them. Like, this is the internet, okay? Yeah. Everyone's offended. The, the thing that I think about when you said this and you mentioned you wanted to talk about it and I was just like, oh, yeah, sponsorships, whatever, is that right now, like, what is the earned media value of signing a celebrity? To me, you get a lot more value out of when people are like, I'm not sponsored, but like, remember when Dr. Idris last week was like, not sponsored by this company and then started talking about it? Vaseline, Ola Henriksen Banana Bright. Yeah, like I all, my brain perked up and all of a sudden I was more attuned to what she was about to say than some sort of contrived media showcase like this was with Proactive, where then you just start to tune out because you feel like you're being played. Sidebar, I just want to, because I know that someone's probably thinking this, um, 
I do think that like her story, if she was a serious acne sufferer, which she says she was, like I don't think that it's like not. I don't think it's trivial to have acne, and I do think that like if she was a serious acne sufferer, and if the whole idea was that she's sharing some story about how acne ruined her life or made her like you know mentally unwell, that is serious. I'm not like side eyeing this. I'm just side eyeing the the general idea that like the idea of sponsorship today. Yeah, you know, I think we all need to be a little bit kind of. With a raised eyebrow and take things with a little bit with a grain of salt. And to your point, Jen, like, I think people need to be a little bit savvier about this stuff. About Yeah, exactly. Quick question before mm-hmm. we wrap this up. Yeah. Who was the old proactive s- spokesperson that I do remember was a musician? I want to say it was Britney Spears. That you, she Justin sh- Timberlake. Oh, and they would show pictures of when they had acne when they were being shot by celebrity photos. And I was like, well, that seems real. You know how, like, it was like celebrities, they're just like us. But, but do you think that they did use proactive as a former proactive user when i did have much worse acne than i do now truly you that might have bad acne that's the whole thing it works if you work it and you, you got to use it the micronized benzoyl peroxide was like the only thing that worked for me their version of it their face wash not all the whole lineup just the face wash because salicylic would dry it out so it actually really did work. but you have but you have to use it consistently yes. right it's not like and it's so funny team. to the point that you think oh i'm cured but then you stop using it and then it comes right back so I, I luckily got through that, and I actually think it's a great product. I think it's sort of doing a disservice to it, to be honest. So I don't know what everybody else thinks. Tell us. Jen, I have a hair issue. Tell me all about it. It's been very pesky, and it's been bothering me. So I don't – I would never say I have frizzy hair. I know what frizzy hair looks like, and I don't think I have it. But at the top of my hair, I would say the crown around the part line, Mm -hmm. my hair, which is like very kind of like, I don't want to say it's coarse, but it's like thicker. It gets like a little frizzy just around the part line. I would liken it to, do you remember like the game when you were little, you would like rub a a balloon, like a party balloon up against the wall, create some static and like put it on your head. I believe that was science class, not a game, but yes, I do. Or Mr. Wizard or something like that. Something like that. Um, You have static electricity issues all the time is what you're saying? It's not static on my head, but like it's, it just kind of like, it's not smooth. It's not like blowout smooth. And for those who can't see us, which is all of you, <laughs> Jess has straight hair, right? So your hair's not textured or curly. I know it's probably less of an issue for people with curly textured hair. But when your hair's straight, these things are even more obvious, right? Right. It creates a, a textural inconsistency. So what are you going to do about it? So I have brought this up with a couple of different people. And I actually brought it up on Instagram stories. And some of you folks were really nice. You sent me a ton of different tips. Um and some of them worked, some of them didn't. One of you guys had recommended the Kristen S. Root Touch-Up wand. I tried that the other day. Um, I think user error, I used it on too high yeah, too high of a setting. And I think I created some more breakage. So definitely going to try that again. Yeah, soon. that one's like a tiny curling iron that has a uh, like a protector oh, on it. So you can get really close, like almost five millimeters away from your scalp. Yeah. Whereas like a regular curling iron, you'd have to be further away. And there's a little comb. And you just sort too. of like brush it over and it heats it and like 
supposedly lay it, yeah. it down. So it didn't work. So it's, what? But but I don't want to say that doesn't work. I think didn't I didn't work for you. Didn't work for me because I used it improperly. So I'm going to go back again. But in between that and my next chance, I met with the wonderful David from David Hair Studio here in New York, and I told him about my problem. He saw it with his own two eyes. He recognized it immediately as a common issue, and he gave me what I he did it right before my very eyes, and it worked. Oh my God, this is this is my new thing. Ready? Preach. So for frizz at the crown, first you want to take, and this is this is dry like on dry or you know, damp to dry hair. You're gonna to want to take some hairspray and put it on your hands. Like literally like soak your hands and like saturate your hands in hairspray. And then you're going to want to smooth down like your She's palms. Just like pressing her palms against but her. Press head. your palms. On your hair. So your hair is getting... Why can't you just spray the hairspray? Because you really want to kind of press it down. You want that pressure. Okay. Not just like misting your hair with hairspray. You want to like push it down. Oh, yeah, because that would like freeze them in the up position. Yes, yes. Okay. So you want to press it down. You want And you want to put your paws on your head. Then you want to hit it with a hot tool that you could either... Blow dry it with a. She said, "Blow dry it, but make sure that nozzle's on it because otherwise to face downward. Mm -hmm. Yes, otherwise you're just like creating like a little. You're kind of whipping them all up again. Mm -hmm. So you want a nozzle, or you can use a smooth. You can smooth it even with a barrel iron. Just kind of gently coat it, like touch very lightly, very lightly, very lightly. Yes, Um, and." Oh, and he goes, if you if you use the blow dryer, high heat, low speed. It's all about control. And okay. getting the theme here, control. I feel like you're sort of shellacking it in a way. No, no, no. High heat. And no, clean. no. With the hairspray then with the heat, it's sort of like making a coating, like a ceramic-y coating on, like just keeping it down. Yeah, but you're not like smashing it down. It didn't feel crunchy afterwards? No, at, oh, God, no. Okay. okay. Um, then. Oh, I'm sorry. There are more steps. Yeah, it's a three-step process. Then you want to smooth it. With a starchy product. And this was so fascinating to me. I was like, no, not like a like a serum. Like sometimes they use like an oil serum. Sometimes they use it this. And he said, no. He said, too much moisture will make the hair pop up. Like if it's too loosey-goosey, it's all about like creating a dryness over there. Because oh. if you have like serums and moistures and creams, okay. those babies will just slide up and pop up to right where they Like were. they're bouncy and springy full of yes. moisture. He's okay. like, so starchy, so starchy product. That's what I said to him. Matte Waves by Orbe is a great one. Okay. Because it's like a dry product. So anything, that, I mean, you know a hand feel. Anything that's going to feel like a, like a dry Is that a cream? Paste. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like those pasty texture like creams. Pa- yeah. Oh, okay. And it doesn't mean, like you said, like it feels like a helmet. You're not like smashing it down. Like you know your bit. hair. Just mm-hmm. like you're going to have to do a little bit of a hand feel thing. Hairspray, heat, then dry starchy products. Mm-hmm. And he did that. And it, like it sounds like a lot. It really didn't feel like a lot. The, it looked like I had glass hair. Glass hair. At the top. Yeah. Well, you're wearing headphones now and it's super smooth and it's working for you. I'm mm-hmm. going to try that. I have that issue as well. But I also have frizzy hair. So we'll see how it goes. And you could sub in the the, the Kristen S for one of those hot tools. Yeah, like, actually, just, that would be a perfect usage for yeah, it, wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay, I like this. Thank you. Perfect for winter, too, when it's so staticky and you just mm. take off your hat Good a million point. times. I like that. Thanks, Jess. Sure. Thanks, David. Summer is fast approaching, which means it's shapewear season. Just kidding. It's really wedding season. But I just got an invitation to a wedding in Philadelphia, and guess what I'll be wearing? Honey Love. I'm not sure about the rest of the outfit or the dress, but the shapewear is going to be Honey Love. Here's why. Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating when you're wearing shapewear. Plus, 
They have lingerie-inspired design details that you'll want to show off, and all their fabrics are breathable to keep you nice and cool, which is perfect for hot days. Let me tell you a story. I remember being at a wedding. This was a few years ago, pre-Honey Love, and I wore a jumpsuit, and I wasn't sure if the bathroom door locked well, but I had to take off the entire jumpsuit and then roll down the shapewear to pee, and I was like holding onto the back of the door at the same time, completely naked in the bathroom, and it took so long, and I caused this whole backup of the bathroom line, and after that, I was like, never again. Until Honey Love came along. Honey Love's superpower shorts have a 100% cotton gusset, so you don't have to wear underwear underneath. And there's a convenient opening in the underwear area, so you don't have to take off the whole thing to go to the bathroom. It's so easy. Honey Love products make you look good and feel good, whether it's for a wedding, event, an everyday boost of confidence. Honey Love is the perfect plus one. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com mascara. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash mascara. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Honeylove.com slash mascara for 20% off. The summer vibes are just getting started, so shape your life with Honey Love. Hey everyone, it's Jen, and I have decided this is going to be the summer of uniform dressing. I'm going to have a few pieces on heavy rotation, and I'm telling you right now, they're all going to be linen, and they're all going to be from Quince. I don't know why I'm going so hard on linen right now, but it just feels right. And Quince specializes in timeless pieces made of premium fabric, and the best part is that all the Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. I am personally very into the 100% European linen pants. They're cropped and easy. There's even a cute pinstriped version. And when I wear them, I look like I just stepped off a yacht. Do I have a yacht? No. Do I know what yachters wear? No, but that's the vibe. The linen pants come in sizes extra small to 3X, and they're less than $40. Okay, like 10 cents less. They're $39.90. But the quality is excellent, and they wash really well. How does Quince do it? They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to us. Plus, Quince works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash fat mascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com, Q-U-I-N-C-E, quince.com slash fat mascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash fat mascara. Okay, everyone, I am one of those people who, when it comes to wellness, sorry, but it's got to fit into the pockets of my day. Five minutes here, seven minutes there, when I'm like in the kitchen and I'm microwaving something long, it's got to be convenient. And that is why Aloe Moves works for me. My mindset has changed. The app makes it easy for me to keep my wellness routine on track because they have everything in one place and bite-sized little bits. Yoga, Pilates, fitness classes, mindfulness, self-care tips, healthy recipes, so much more. From beginner to advanced, Aloe Moves has the flow or class that's going to fit into your schedule. Their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day. You know what feeling I'm feeling most days? I'm feeling 10 minutes. I've been doing that's Joanna good. Thompson's. Right? That's about it. Yeah. 
that's good. 10 minutes. Joanna Thompson does these yoga lotties in 10. One day will be abs. One day will be arms. Today, Jess, is booty day. And we're just <laughs> going to get it done all in 10 minutes. If you're trying to get a good sweat, then you've got to try their award-winning workouts like the sweat-inducing yoga flows or the reformer Pilates workouts without weights. You can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, learn to do dry brushing. How many times have we talked about dry brushing on this podcast? Aloe Moves will teach you how to do it. Unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use the code MASCARA20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. Yes, I think it was just last week that we were like, everybody slather on the sunscreen, right? (laughs) Yeah. Then I read the most interesting article in Outside Magazine, one of my favorites, is sunscreen like margarine? Meaning, have we all been duped for so long and we don't actually need to be wearing sunscreen? Okay, keep going. Okay, as somebody who's made a living telling people to wear sunscreen, partially, I was freaked out. So I read the entire article and we'll link to it on the blog, but... Basically, there's some rogue researchers who may not be rogue, we'll find out someday, just like the people that were like, trans fats suck, and nobody thought they were right, and then they were, and trans fats actually suck. Mm -hmm. So what they found was the more people wear sunscreen, incidences of heart disease and things like that obviously have not lowered. So they thought it was, oh, you don't have enough vitamin D, so let's supplement with vitamin D. That's not helping. Lots of researchers showed that as well. And this one researcher found the issue might actually be that what sunlight is doing isn't – the vitamin D is just like a signal that you got the sunlight. It wasn't what was helping. What was actually helping keep people healthy was the sunlight. So he put volunteers out in the sun for 30 minutes in the summer, and their nitric oxide levels went up. That means nothing to anybody. But their blood pressure went down. So the actual sunlight was what was triggering their blood pressure to go down. And that, of course, lower blood pressure makes you a healthier person all around, less Mm -hmm. less heart disease and everything. Like, cut to, if you look at all of the research lined up, it seems that the more fair-skinned people wear sunscreen, the higher that their blood pressure is because they're blocking out a lot of that sun. That's weird. So this article has a lot of other researchers talking about evolutionary biology and how dark-skinned people are much less likely to get all types of skin cancer. And we're not talking about melanoma, the more deadly ones, more so talking about like the basal cell and things like that that – that are, that are more prevalent now. And the reason they're more prevalent is because we don't go out in the sun. So when we do, if we get a sunburn, that's what's triggering that damage. Right, right. So uh, not, I, won't say, I won't say there's like a huge wave of experts, but some experts are starting to change their tune and say, especially for – it depends on your skin tone, of course, because there's some like inherent – like, of course, different skin tones should have different rules. If we want to be colorblinds because we're worried about offending people, that's not medically correct. You know, black people, white people, Asian, Hispanic that's all have different well. needs. Yeah. But we do need a little bit of sun exposure, it seems, in order to be healthy. But you know what I kept thinking about this whole time is they're telling me not to wear sunscreen all the time. What? Nobody ever puts sunscreen on right. It's not like I'm going out there with like a, a a blanket of sunscreen. Everybody who puts on sunscreen still has some exposed skin somewhere. Yeah, there's no perfect application. Right? Like, like so my thinking, you know what my plan is now? What? I'm going to, because I don't, I'm going to be honest about something. I don't use sunscreen because I'm worried about skin cancer. You know, I'm like an olive Persian person. Like, I really am not out in the sun all that much. What is your impetus? 
I want to look young. I'm using sunscreen as an age prevention. Sorry, Michelle, to anti-age myself. (laughs) No, but like I will put it on my face. So my new thinking is I'm going to keep putting it, slathering it all over my face, neck, and chest. But then I'll just leave my like legs and arms out to get like my vitamin D so I don't have blood problems and heart problems. I I see your point. I am a little nervous about you getting – I mean I, I just found out about this article I'm not a scientist. I cannot conclusively say, yes, this is great. I fully agree, you know, but or or disagree. But I am nervous about the sun exposure. I did hear a couple of years ago that like the fastest growing area, one of the fastest growing mm-hmm. areas for skin cancer is the legs because nobody puts SPF on their legs. Yeah. But probably for those less invasive types of skin cancers, I'm imagining. I don't know. I can't I can't tell you conclusively. Right. Right. So I I don't want people to think the legs are a free for all now. No, but I also want them to talk to their doctor based on their skin tone and their race because the health issues that affect you know, like, you know, heart disease is more of a problem in the black community. Mm-hmm. Th- this is what they're talking about. You can't right. give blanket advice to everyone. Because it's not it's so funny. I just like took like a blood test recently and like they asked me like about my genetic background mm-hmm. and I was just thinking like this is so fun. Like not it's not funny, but like different ethnicities have different types of concerns and it's Absolutely. like, you know, I just never really think it's about common it. sense, though. Yeah. And as medicine gets more targeted and we're taking genetic tests in order to mm-hmm. find out, you know, what problems we have. And even if you have a type of cancer, they're going to test it genetically before yeah. they start testing it, before they start treating yeah. it. Like, it makes sense that sunscreen should be one of those things that isn't a, like, one size size fits all. Yeah. Yeah. So. But but I'm not going to be the person to get on this mic and be like, you know what? You're cool. You're from where? No. All good, babe. Of course not. And also, you're a fair-skinned, light-eyed person with freckles. So I'm sure that you and I have a different tolerance. But I really encourage you guys to read this. You know, obviously, it's just like an inkling of some new news coming out. But I think that we should watch this area of research because it might be like, remember when doctors recommend? cigarettes like yeah. i'm not saying the sunscreen no. you know industry yeah. is trying to pull one over on us and make us pay for this thing yeah. we don't actually need but i really think there's going to be more research coming out and we're going to start to see <laughs> that there are so, listen we like we evolved in the sun you know there's a reason we have circadian rhythms a 24-hour day you know because we want the you're sun. gonna pay for this one i'm Jen. so gonna get so much hate mail sorry everyone you're gonna pay for this oh one. my god every dermatologist i ever interviewed go ahead at me Jen smo- at me everyone Jen's smoking right now <laughs> <laughs> it is so good. I'm just picturing like the doctor with like the circle on his forehead having a cigarette being like, you're all good, kid. <laughs> we are here with Michelle Lee. I'm so excited that she's here. I mean, we've been waiting a long time. She's the editor in chief of Allure and also a fellow podcaster. Um, the Allure podcast launched in December and she's already had Mae Musk on and Aquafina as guests. And she was also the former editor in chief of Nylon. She worked with In Touch Weekly, Life and Style, Daily Front Row, Glamour, loads of other websites and pop- publications. Welcome to Fat Mascara, Michelle. Hi, ladies. Welcome. I'm so happy to be here. It's so exciting to have you here. We have tons of questions. Let's get right to it. Uh, when you were growing up, Michelle, what did you think about, you know, you weren't always in the beauty space, and no. we we're going to get to that. But what would, how did you find out about beauty products and beauty advice? Yeah. I I was a late bloomer in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't even hit puberty until I was 19. So I Wait, feel like that says... Medically? So, medically. 
I didn't wow. hit puberty until I was 19. Oh, I and thought like, you were being funny. Just oh, no, 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 no. I'm not being I'm, I wish I was being funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that says so much about me. Where did I you grow like, up? So I grew up in Connecticut. And um, until I was 16, my dad got a job in Florida. Mm-hmm. And then so I moved down to South Florida, which was like massive culture shock. Sure. But I consider myself, I think technically I was a child of the 80s, but I really consider myself to be a child of the 90s because being a late bloomer, I feel like I didn't really even know about my own style until like the 90s hit. <laughs> so when I think about myself back then, it's like I didn't really start thinking about makeup or hair or skin or anything until I was like my late teens. And it was very much like, um, do you remember the movie Singles? Of course. Okay, so <laughs> that Bridget Fonda role, that was like my dream. So I wanted to be her. I cut my hair like that. Did I you have a little hat? I had the, I, well, I did not do the little hat. I, <laughs> I didn't do the little hat. I definitely wore like tights and like Doc Martens and like little shorts and like mm-hmm. little jackets and stuff. And that was like my look. And it was weird because I think that at that time especially, I didn't really feel like beauty media or fashion media was serving me. Right. And like we talk about all the time now, diversity and representation and inclusion and everything. And for sure in media and entertainment, like I never saw a person who looked like me. Maybe it was like in Wayne's world, it was like Tia Carrere was like the one Asian girl who I was like, Tia Carrere flashback. She was like super babe in that movie. Super babe, which I was really thankful for because it was like Tia Carrere and then Connie Chung was the other person who I actually saw Connie Chung. Super babe. Yeah, super babe, who I also saw in an event like a couple years ago. And I was just like, wow, she was like like it. She was like the one Asian woman who I ever saw. So I feel like throughout my my younger years, I definitely always had a very conflicted view of beauty and what was beautiful. Like for sure, you know, when I looked at people, the ones who I looked up to were like the supermodels. It was like Kate Moss and Cindy Crawford. And mm-hmm. that was the look. And my mom um, definitely has been a big influence on me. But my mom was not like a big beauty fanatic. Um, she really didn't wear makeup. She definitely did Pond's Cold Cream. That was her mm-hmm. thing. Pond's Cold Cream and then the little pink glass bottle of Oil of Olay. So I feel <laughs> like I have like very fond memories of like that pink Oil of Olay scent. Um, but I, it took me a really long time to learn about hair and makeup and everything else. But then when I started really getting into it, I really got into it. Like I did – again, it was the 90s. So I was doing like fully like the lip liner. I did like a, a lot of eyeliner all the way around my eye. And it was a lot of experimentation because – at that time, again, we didn't have YouTube. We didn't have Instagram. There was no way to really understand how to do makeup on Asian eyes. Right. And so I am I have monolid eyes, meaning I don't have a crease. And so every time I would see in magazines and stuff, like they would tell you how to put on eyeshadow. I was like, how do you do that? Like, Where put were it in you learning crease. all of this? Were you reading other magazines? Or I was were reading you... magazines. By the time I was like in my late teens and then for sure in college, I was definitely reading magazines. I was reading Vogue, Elle, Marie Claire, like all the fashion magazines. And in their little cap and stuff, right, like everyone Mm -hmm. does. They would write the instructions about how to do the look. And I always found it really difficult because I didn't have the same eye shape as anyone. So I was like, how the hell do you do that? Right, right. And then also, like, I do have this weird memory of when I was, like, a young, young kid that um, at some of my my friends' birthday parties, they would have – it was either, like, the Avon lady or Mary Kay or something. Like, they would come in and do, like, a party that was a makeup party, and they would test your your face and your skin and your coloring everything and tell you if you were a warm color or if you were a cool color. Oh, color me beautiful. Yes. Shackley was the other one that did the seasons. Remember the seasons? The Color Me Beautiful had seasons. It was like summer, Michelle? Summer, winter, fall. I don't remember what I was, though. It's (laughs) BS. I, I quite liked it. <laughs> yeah, I don't My remember. My mom had that book. It was Color Me Beautiful. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah I couldn't remember that. Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was like the Avon I forgot lady. the woman's name. But yeah, it was like a whole thing. 
Um, so when you got to Allure, I know I'm jumping like quite a few yeah. years after. <laughs> um, but did you bring any of that with you? Like you must have had a vision of what you wanted to. I mean, at least when you had to like present your vision to the folks at Conde Nast, you had to say something. Like, what did you For say? Sure. Well, first of all, it was like whoa like oh my gosh I was in shock that I'm like talking to them about this role but then definitely like through the process I had to come up with a deck and I was like I want to just like blow them away with this and do a really great job so I I presented this like beautiful looking like design deck to them about what my plans were and you know it involved a lot of different things it was digital social video obviously like they were bringing me on board to bring Allure into like a more modern space. Like I think at the time that I started three years ago, it was very much known as just a magazine. So I really needed to bring it into all those other platforms. But then also it was just making sure that I freshened up what the image of Allure was, but also thinking about what beauty was at that point too. Because um, I think right when I joined, we were celebrating our 25th anniversary. So it was this 25-year-old brand, which is amazing. It has this awesome history of being like a super smart, trustworthy brand that has done so much in the beauty space. For me, though, like I I definitely think about that deck. And one of the big things was diversity. And I think my own experiences with beauty growing up and feeling like I wasn't included in everything, um, I think that that definitely had a huge impact on what I wanted to do with the brand, just in terms of like making sure that people felt included, um, Having making a stronger viewpoint, having a stronger viewpoint on cover stars, too. And I think that the first year it was a lot of um, transition. It was a lot of like getting the staff right, making people were all on the same page about things. Our second year, we definitely like just hit our stride. I think we had amazing covers. We became the first um, major women's magazine in the states to have a woman in hijab on the cover. Um, is that one of your like what's one of your proudest moments, whether it's a story or a cover or whatever, looking back over those three years? Yeah, it for sure was that. I think um, having Halima Adden on our cover, we had the big cover line that was this is American Beauty Now. Yeah. And if you think about what was happening in the world at that time, I think we were all obviously thinking about politics. There was like the big Muslim travel ban at that point. And then also um, later that year, I think it was in September, we had Helen Mirren on our cover, and we declared we were banning the term anti-aging. Oh, we wanted to ask you about that. <laughs> so yeah, we had like these big moments where I think that, um, especially when I look at that year, that was 2017, where we hit our stride, it was that we were taking beauty and making sure that we broadened it in a cultural sense that obviously we all, like you guys know, like we all love products. Like I love every single day looking in my corner and getting my bags and boxes and playing with new stuff. But I think that for me, it's been really interesting to think about everybody has a different beauty story. So whether you're Helen Mirren, whether you're Halima Adden, whether you're Aquafina, whether you're, you're whoever, your beauty story is really fascinating. And it goes beyond just the products that you're using. What's been the feedback like? Um, the feedback, for the most part, has been really positive. I mean, I think that for anyone who works in media, you know that it's always like you get that little percentage, though, that is negative. And I think like talking about the the Halima cover um, – I think for me, like there's something in my personality of where even if 95% of the comments are super positive, mm-hmm. for some reason it's that 5% that I hang on to and I'm like <laughs> it just like gets to me so much. I think over the years though I've kind of learned to 
one, just kind of avoid it. Like mm-hmm. I, I tend to think that um, for a lot of people, uh, for me in particular, it's really easy for me to get derailed by something. Like I'll see a negative comment and it'll just take me out for like the rest of the day where I'm mm-hmm. sort of like I just keep thinking about it. So now I feel like I have come up with different strategies to just avoid it. Like for Share. one, I just won't, won't read the comments. Okay. Um, or if it's like um, if I know that there's an email coming or something that's going to derail me, I'll just make sure that I don't look at it until the next day. Um, for the most part, though, like I said, the the comments, the feedback has been amazing. We won that year Adweek's Magazine of the Year. I won um, Editor of the Year. That's right. Like it definitely, when I think back about that, that is such a proud moment because, again, thinking about everything that was going on in the world, you know, you're competing against The New Yorker. You're competing mm-hmm. against New York Magazine. Mm-hmm. The fact that they awarded Allure with that, like it's it really means so much. Mm-hmm. I, let's talk aging. I was like, yeah. I want to ask about the anti-aging. <laughs> well, you did actually, so, Jess. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, we – Obviously, this is something I work in a space where, you know, the anti-aging conversation is is very relevant to what I do. So I think it's very interesting that Allure put a stake in the ground and they said this is in 2017, you know, we're not going to use that term anymore. And you wrote um, in anyone who is interested can go online. I think your editor's letters is, is, is online. They can certainly go and read it. But um, you were pretty clear about why you wanted to remove that from the conversation. But if you can just kind of recap here, what led you to that decision? Yeah. Well, interestingly, um, I think the first time that it came up was from Phil Picardi. So Phil, um, I think most people know a him former as podcast guest. Oh, was he? As yes. has Linda mm-hmm. Wells, actually. Oh, amazing! So we yeah. have like a whole lore lo- okay. lineage here. Amazing. So Phil, um, I think Phil, most people know was um, at some point the chief content officer at Teen Vogue, mm-hmm. but he also spent some time as the digital director at Allure. Right. And so at the time, he was actually one of the youngest members of our staff. I think he was maybe twenty four or twenty five at the time. And he brought up at some point when he first started with us, "Why are we still using this term anti aging?" Of course, a twenty four year old. Yes, that. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, you know, we're sitting around and I was like, yeah, it's, it's really true. And it stuck in my head. But then maybe a month or two later, um, Jenny Bailly, who's our executive beauty director, we were down at PCPC, mm-hmm. which is a conference in, in the beauty world. And we were having a conversation with a brand. And Jenny had not listened to this conversation that I had with Phil before. But she also brought up this thing of like, yeah, you know, when we're in the office or when I'm talking to my friends, we don't ever really conversationally say anti-aging products, right? Like you would say, um, what are you using for the lines around your eyes? Or like, what are you using for hyperpigmentation? Or even what vitamin C serum are you using? Like people know so much now about ingredients Mm -hmm. that it's not something that you say, what's your favorite anti-aging product to a friend? So the more that we started talking about it in the office, the more that we started thinking about we had done so much in those previous two years on diversity, but we were really focused on uh, body image. We were focused on gender even, on skin color, on hair texture, on all those different things. But the thing where we were still, frankly, failing at was aging. Yeah. And it was and this actually, was pre, like, cover girl signing May Musk yeah, kind of thing, right? Pre, yeah. pre all that. And funnily enough, like, when you asked about feedback, um, it was one of the things that I got a lot of feedback about was anytime I would get, like, a handwritten snail mail letter, mm-hmm. it was like, you've made the brand too young. And I definitely... You know, sometimes you get crazy people writing to you either online or, you know, in mail or whatever. But I feel like there is something to always kind of listen to also. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I definitely took that to heart. And I, I thought about it a lot. And I was like, we have actually failed with that. Like the models who we're choosing, the people who we're choosing to highlight, like we are ignoring anyone over a certain age. And what age is that? I would say at the time, I mean, for some reason, everyone chooses 40. Right? How, like, and how think, old are you? So I'm 43. Okay. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing, too, is that, like, 
you know, am I aging myself out of who I think our audience is? And I don't think that we thought that in the audience and uh, in the office, but I think that we somehow had moved into this space where it had gotten young and we were sort of like ignoring this whole other demographic. So um, it was really important to us. And the more that we thought about like this term anti-aging, and I know it was controversial. And I think that for the most mm -hmm. part, we got a lot of positive feedback when we said we're going to ban this term. We want the industry to join us. Um, but I definitely feel like there were people who were like, come on, it's all just semantics. It's just a word. We understand what it means. I think about it in terms of like the word diet. Right? Like I've been working in media for like 22, 23 years. And way back in the day, we used to always use the term diet. Mm -hmm. And it kind of became this thing of where women were technically like starving themselves. Right, They were starving themselves for the sole purpose of being skinny. And they just wanted to be like waif-like, like, like Kate Moss. Mm -hmm. um, the thought process then behind like starting a diet was that you did it for the sole purpose of being skinny. Nowadays, we've kind of switched to the mentality of wellness where – you're going to eat right. You're going to exercise. You're kind of doing some of those same things, but it's with the purpose of longevity. It's to feel better, to have more energy. I think of it the same way as anti-aging too, that if you're using skincare products and your intention of it is to have good skin health and you want to have like – you can totally work on those same things. Like you can work on your wrinkles, work on your hyperpigmentation, but you're not doing it from a, a viewpoint of feeling desperate to do those things because you feel like if you don't do them that you're going to be considered ugly or that you're going to be considered like old looking, that it's not coming from this right. place of fear. It's not, it's not a place of trying to change. Well, you are trying to change if you're trying to sort out your wrinkles and dark spots. It's it's a funny one, isn't it? Or is that your personal take on aging? Is that how you feel about it? Like now you're 43 and probably using some of these products or maybe even getting injections or whatever. A hundred percent. I am. I, I think that's the point that we wanted to make was that we are so not against any skincare. Like, mm. believe me, I use so much skincare. I'm fully <laughs> on like the 10 step in the morning, 10 step at the night. I love skincare. I love seeing a dermatologist. I love facials, everything. And I think that's the thing is that we're not trying to shame anyone for anything that they're doing. I think what we're trying to remove is the shame associated with the way that, frankly, a lot of beauty products have been marketed to people over the years, mm -hmm. that it is um, – it's like that fear-based marketing mm -hmm. that you're going to be old and ugly and no one's going to love you if you don't use these products. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I understand. What are some other changes that you've been trying to make at Allure? Yeah. I think one of the other things has been um, – I think it's media in general really. Yeah. Like um, – I didn't really know a lot of Allure people before I started there. And I, th I always talk about What do you mean how, Allure people? Like readers or the uh, people no, that work No, Allure editors. Okay, Allure editors, yeah. really. Like people very much spoke from the royal we, right? Like we speak from Allure, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. I think what happened over the past like 10 years or so is because of social media and YouTube and everything else. Like mm -hmm. we want to know personalities. Hmm. So I feel like um, what's happened over the past three years that I've been there is I, I wanted to kind of push people front and center. So I feel like definitely like more of the editors are out there, whether they're doing videos, whether they're on social media. That's definitely been a big thing. Um, diversity for sure. And again, just like all the different platforms. Like I'm really happy the fact that like the magazine is still big and growing and vibrant and everything, but like our digital growth and social and video has just like completely taken off. And then also we have other businesses. We have our Allure Beauty Box. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been also really fun. So um, you mentioned before that I was at Nylon. Mm -hmm. And when I was at Nylon, I was the editor-in-chief and chief marketing officer, which I don't think has ever happened before that it's sort of like being an editor and a business person like in so the same So the publishing role. side and the editorial side. Exactly. That's so sticky. It's, it's sticky, but 
I'm a big believer that people can do both, that as long as you're transparent about things, it's like that question also about like an editorial, like can editors do branded content, right? <laughs> I'm living proof. <laughs> <laughs> we all are. <laughs> but so again, it's, it's just if you're transparent yeah. about it, like yeah. I feel like yeah. you, you know when you're yeah. working on it, if you're working on editorial, sure. you know when you're working on branded content. Right. Yeah. Um, so I just personally, from my background and everything else, like I love working on businesses and I feel like um, – I've been really inspired by just like the startup movement in beauty. Yeah, that, I wanted to ask you about the beauty business too. We talked about media, but the brands have been doing something similar to what you're doing, which is letting personalities come front and forward. Have you noticed a change? It's like in the last three years, basically when you've been in Allure, in the way that brands are trying to tell their story as far as A, media placements. Like do they care about getting a print story in Allure or are they just like worried about, you know – Kim Kardashian holding it Oh, up. they still care. <laughs> yeah. So what what have you noticed has changed about the way beauty companies are marketing to consumers? Yeah. Oh, and are sure. you happy about it or not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, for sure, um, I definitely think that personalities are important across the board. And part of it is because uh, sort of what I was saying, I guess, about diversity, too. The fact that if you show, like, multiple faces and you feel like you can identify with someone, like, telling someone's personal story or, like, having a face show is so much more important sometimes than just showing, like, a product or, like, a smear or something. Um, definitely been that. I think social media and YouTube have been, like, huge game changers and mostly Instagram, honestly. I think the fact that everybody I, – I do talk about a lot that, like, everything is kind of becoming the same in that, okay, at Allure, we started out as a media brand, but now we truly are just a brand. Right. We're selling products. We've got our Allure beauty box. We're maybe launching an event at some point soon. But then you look at some of the brands, too. And now brands, if you started as a cosmetics brand, you maybe started out selling products, but now you're a content creator. Mm -hmm. You're, you know, suddenly mm -hmm. getting into maybe producing a Netflix show. Like everyone is kind of doing those same things where we're all just like these 360 degree brands. But what about the speed that we're doing it? Like the launch cycle? Like, how do you keep up when brands every month are dropping a new product? Does that bother you ever? It's kind of crazy. I mean, do you guys think it's crazy? <laughs> we it's just ridiculous. talked about it. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. But because we realize that a lot of these products are coming out just to make noise and and not necessarily be because someone needs them or yeah. wants them on their face. And it's I've, the same brands that talk about waste. I know. I, I <laughs> You should actually, see Jess Matlin's face right now. I love I it. I hate it. <laughs> I actually have been really encouraged by some of the brands like um, Then I Met You, where like when Charlotte mm -hmm. launched that. Like, the fact that it was just the cleansing duo mm -hmm. I thought was really amazing because I agree. Like, I feel like it's just so much to take right now. And maybe it's that I can take it from certain brands where, like, I still feel excited if I see a new, like, tart package. Or, like, if Chanel was to drop something on my desk, I'm, like, I'm still kind of excited to see that. Or Pat McGrath drops something. But I think, like, it's also – it's understanding who your brand is and whether or not you should be the one doing that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like everyone right now is kind of stuck in the same cycle of feeling like they have to play that same game when actually maybe it's just better for your own brand that it's like you do, like, the singular drop, like, once every season. Right. Yeah. yeah. Chanel started coming out with, like, the palette with Patrick Starr. I'd be really confused. <laughs> I don't know. Just, just I don't think that's happening anytime soon. So um, you just touched on this, but, like, you know, I see you. Obviously, you're an editor-in-chief. But I also, you know, know people who really see you as like an influencer. You know, it's like, oh, I, I know Michelle Lee. I follow her. And I don't know. Actually, I went on vacation like... with you and your family. <laughs> <laughs> I know about your nail art. I know your assistant's yeah. name. <laughs> How do you see your role as an editor-in-chief in 2019? Like, What is the role of, of an editor-in-chief today? Yeah. I mean, 
It's so hard. All four I, that are left. I feel like the word influencer <laughs> has this weird connotation, right? What, is, I, what does that mean to you? Is that was that kind of like a di- like a diss? Sorry, if no, that no, was. no, no. Well, I feel like I saw it maybe three years ago when the word blogger became really negative. Ooh. So even people who I yeah. knew who were oh. bloggers, I would see them at Fashion Week or something, and someone would be like, oh, there's that blogger. And they'd be like, don't call me blogger. Like, I'm an influencer. Yes, And yes. now we're kind of moving into this time where people are like, oh, the word influencer is, like, not right. I'm a creative director. Like, you'll see a lot right. of influencers who yes. are like, I'm a creative director now. I don't mind the word. Like, I I think that I look at Instagram I say, inst- yeah, it's it's all Instagram because I'm not really on other social, like in terms of like my job. For me, Instagram is really the focus. Mm-hmm. I do view it as another arm of my job. I think that um, my very first job when I was first starting out was at Glamour. So way back when Ruth Whitney was the editor-in-chief. Wow. What and were you doing there? I was an intern. So um, do you know what the ASME internship is? Yes. It's like the American Society of Magazine Editors. So I was an ASME intern. And so I was there for the whole summer. Cindy Levy, I think, was the deputy editor editor at the time. But I remember looking at Ruth Whitney and at that time as an editor-in-chief, you had one job. You had the magazine. And your one time that you got to communicate with your audience was through your one monthly editor's letter. And that was it. Mm-hmm. So unless somebody was writing you a letter and sending mm-hmm. it to you and maybe you respond back, like there was really no way for you to communicate with people mm-hmm. or like an event or something. Nowadays, the fact that I can communicate with people on a second by second level, it's a little bit maddening sometimes <laughs> because it can you can go a little bit crazy with it. But I actually love it. So can I ask you, you know, you do a video and you're like, okay, I'm in, you know, my bathroom or my, you know, my office, yada yada. And people they must they must write to you immediately, like, I love that or do this. Do you do you write them back? Yep. So but what about I know your job is so busy. I've seen you. How do you juggle? And it's funny you're saying this is part of your job. I I struggle. I don't even have a fraction of the followers that you have. I struggle with this balance. So how do you manage all this just time-wise? I'm actually looking for tips for myself here right now. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so here's one little tip. Yeah. I don't I don't respond to everyone right away. Mm-hmm. And I know um I know certain responses are gonna be faster than others. And uh you know how in your iPhone you can kind of program like uh shortcuts? No. Oh, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll show you after this. So I'll in your settings, you can do – so, for example, a publicist will message me on Instagram and say, yeah. what address can I send this to? So I put a little shortcut in my phone that's Addy, E-D-D-Y, that mm-hmm. then I just type that and my entire address goes in. So it's like I have little shortcuts like that. Okay. So things like that where I know it's going to be fast, I'll sometimes respond right away mm-hmm. or I'll just flag it. And then by the end of the day, like if I'm sitting in bed or something, then I'll kind of go through all my like unread things and try and respond to people. Do you feel like personally taxed by all this or does it invigorate you? It depends. Because I feel like this is this can really suck your suck your soul. Yeah, it depends. Like I feel like right now I feel invigorated by it. Mm-hmm. Ask me again in six months. I might not feel that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. No, because it is, it is like a part of the job that I think people don't understand like it, it's very it feels quite personal it feels like a little bit yeah like, i've always it, wondered like what if you're at a brand that you don't actually match up with like allure seems to be you and you changed it in your own personal personality and direction but yeah i don't know you're giving a lot of yourself i think yeah, that's what i'm yeah. trying to get at well, I think the thing thanks is, for doing that michelle by the way <laughs> um i think the thing is too i'm careful about what i share so yeah. one thing is I don't share a lot about my personal life. I don't share a lot about my family, mm-hmm. too. So I have yeah. a husband. I've got two kids. I share my daughter sometimes. but Being cute. I, like being cute, desk. exactly. I, I also care about their privacy, though, too. So 
we created this little character for her that's mini Michelle Lee, and she actually has her own like little mini <laughs> Michelle Lee Instagram now. But you'll notice she wears sunglasses. And so she's wearing sunglasses because I always felt weird about until they're of the age in which they're kind of like, okay, mom, I'm okay like being out there and you show me. Yeah. Like I always just felt like that should be their decision too. Mm-hmm. So I am like weirdly private about some of those yeah. things. And that's why I feel like my Instagram is sort of like that's my – it is my – company it's like my brand persona in a way oh i like that yeah Yeah. and i i think like what you were saying though too about you know some people know me as an editor-in-chief but i went to la recently like a couple months ago and two girls separately like i was waiting for my bag at the carousel and this one girl stopped me and she was like oh my gosh hi i follow (laughs) you i really love your account she had no idea like who it like wasn't like i love allure or anything it was like i love your instagram yeah Mm -hmm. and then i was walking a little bit more and another girl stopped me she was like oh my gosh hi i follow your instagram Mm -hmm. and it did occur to me that um like i do feel like it's good for the overall brand Mm -hmm. the fact that i feel like i'm bringing people into our world Mm -hmm. and i definitely have had people message me too being like i really love your nail nail art or i really love your videos that you're doing you're making me want to subscribe now. So I feel like it's it is kind of like bringing new people into our yeah. world. You said it invigorates you right now. Let's talk beauty products. Yes. Like what brands are invigorating you or product categories or things that you've been seeing that you're like super psyched about? Yeah. I love skincare, I have to say. Like I'm definitely a skincare fanatic. Um, I mentioned I'm fully on like a 10 steps. Ten years ago, I never would have thought I would use this many products. But, like, <laughs> I really believe in, like, gentle products that then sort of work. But lots of them. No, lots of them. I definitely um, – More but gentle. Gentle. More but gentle, okay. yeah. You, I, you mentioned Then I Met You. Who else is doing it, right? Okay. So I can kind of walk you through, like, my morning <laughs> skincare routine. So sure. I love Tatcha. Um, Tatcha, I think, is amazing. I use their essence. Um I am using Peach and Lily, that glass skin serum, which I think is really good. Um, I'm using Drunk Elephant, the vitamin C serum. What else do I really like? I definitely am an exfoliator at least like twice a week. There's a really good Joanna Vargas. um, It's like the scrub mask that she has that I really love. Um, I like Revive for like a day moisturizer. They have like a dark spot corrector that has, I think it's like SPF 30. um, That's really, really good. I definitely have been very into masks, too. So usually on the weekend, like, I'll do a Saturday mask and a Sunday mask. And I'm not loyal to any mask. Um, Mm -hmm. I think maybe because I try so many of them. Yeah. Um, What was it about all of those brands? You named a bunch of prestige brands. Several of them were um, founded by Asian-American women, I noticed also. But what drew you to them? Like, why do you think they're standing out? And they're all fairly new brands, too. There weren't, like, any legacy in there. I'm just curious, like, what in general speaks to you about a product? Yeah. You know what it is? I – I went through about probably two years ago of really bad cystic acne, and I was really I was trying so many new products as we kind of all mm-hmm. have to do in this profession, and I was I kept breaking out and I couldn't get it under control, and I was just I one was using too many new products every single day. Yeah, we were going through this period of like testing for the Allure Beauty Award, um, Best of Beauty Awards, and I chose night creams, sheet masks, and foundations oh, one year to nail test all in, in the there. same time. Like, Shampoo, it something was easy. such a weird rookie mistake mm-hmm. that my skin <laughs> hated me. I went to a dermatologist and she was like, your skin is just rejecting you right now. So I think after that point, I was like, I have to just like completely revamp my entire routine. And again, like use things that mm-hmm. were a little bit more gentle. Mm-hmm. And after just trying a whole bunch of things, like these are things that have worked for me. I don't know if it has anything to do with them being newer or um, being led by Asian American women. Maybe it is partly that um, – I think I am a little bit um, prone to when I have a founder come in and explain to me like Charlotte did, 
this is how I came up with this cleansing balm. This is mm-hmm. how I came up with this. These are how we source the ingredients. I, I do love hearing like that origin story. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, that totally makes sense. <laughs> I really do love that product. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that because I've tried so many things, like those are the things that work, especially for morning. The thing that annoys me the most is if I use a serum or a product and it pills under makeup. Oh. I hate it. And I feel like all of those like do great on my skin. They make me look glowy. Um, the other big thing for me, too, is that I I went almost my entire life thinking I had oily skin because by the end of the day, we all get oily. Yeah. And then at some point within the past like five years or so, I went to see someone and she's like, you have actually extremely dry skin. So once I just even discovered what my actual skin type is like, I feel like that helps too. Question for you. How do you feel about the word normal skin, the term normal skin? Does well, what that re- is, right. What is normal skin? Well, because this has come up recently in a bunch of conversations like is that exclusionary to say normal, meaning oily skin is abnormal or dry skin is abnormal? I don't think so. She's making a face. She doesn't agree. But I I'm just, so. I just I curious. I haven't heard that. Oh, I did. Because I was trying to think of a word. We we were both talking about like, what's a word that would be not the word normal? What else would you say? Right. Well, I've heard the thing about good skin. Right. People have said, like, don't say good skin because what is good skin? That I it's like know. if you yeah, have that acne, good. It's Listen, good. I can yeah. list a bunch of people with good skin. I know <laughs> it when I see it, you know? Okay, so that didn't ring a bell. Just for brands like Allure that it's so um it's so important to be inclusionary. Yeah. That's I an- think for me it's the I, I just don't understand what normal skin is. I don't think that anyone has like They're either no, oily is, or dry. Right, exactly. Or you're, you're oily or dry or something yeah. somewhere. Um so what else is exciting to me? Highlighter I'm really excited by and you, you, Which you guys know I'm you using right now. So today I layered, I have fl- uh, that Flower Beauty palette, which uh-huh. I really like. Um, so that's under. And then I got, um, it's that Ritual Defeat, um, The Alchemist. Have you seen that? No. no. Okay, so they sent me this thing. It's, I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's out and I'm not like breaking some <laughs> some rule that's with an them. That's an embargo. Yeah, uh, some embargo. Um, so it's basically, what are they calling it? It's a highlighter intensifier. So if you do Uh like a highlighter under and then it's like it comes in like their normal like cute little thing and it's a little bit glittery but it's like a cream highlighter that you then put over it. You put over a highlighter? It's a highlighter for your highlighter? It's a highlighter for your highlighter. I've officially seen it all. Michelle Lee, thank you very much. (laughs) And good night. (laughs) Wow. need a name for that. Anyway. Did you guys have – did you have Nambo on? No, but we just saw her yesterday. Oh, okay. Did she tell you about this product? No, or well, I think I saw her, a photo of her on yeah, your Instagram, yeah. and I was like, "That's so like a Nambo thing." That's a very Nambo thing. A highlighter Lotion. for your or what's her thing? Glow Nambo glow. Nimbo the dewy dumplings. Dewy dumplings. Yeah, glow job. Glow gasm. Glow. Glow yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's one. Oh my God, I think I made up that last one. Um, okay, so nail art. That is your other big thing. And you have some banging nail art right I'm now. I'm so inspired by you. Like, so, yeah, I mean, like, what, how do you keep it up? Do you have that time? Michelle, <laughs> she has two children. She so, she comes are those gels? Jersey. They always look perfect. Tell me everything. I only do polish now. But so then I, do you have to polish every day? Yeah, uh, not every day. So, I, I try and do once a week. You probably wear dish gloves, don't you? I don't do dishes. Okay, that's helpful. That's one. definitely so helpful. So my son is 13, and so one of his chores is he does the dishes. So I got to get a kid and you gotta grow get him a up kid. to 13, <laughs> and then my nails are going to look good. Get okay. a 13-year-old. <laughs> okay. um, so yeah, to me, it's again, it's something that I enjoy. Like I think of beauty, and I think of, I think of makeup, but I also think of nails specifically as like this is my creative palette. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I have before like given my nails a break and I'll go like three days and not have anything on my nails mm-hmm. and they feel so naked to me. And now I think because people know me from my nails, like if I see someone I haven't seen them in a while, they're like, let me see your nails. Yeah, they look right. down first. Yes. The so it, there's, there's pressure. There's for sure pressure. So um, these were done. These I had at Paintbox, but from, I would say like 75 percent of the time I'm doing them myself. And my big thing is coming up with nail art that is really easy to do because for most people, like I'm right-handed. So my left hand is obviously not as coordinated doing things. So I usually try and find designs that are easy enough and like still look kind of cute that I can do with my like kind of crazy left hand. And since you're using polish now, which I really like because I'm – I did gel recently, and I swore off at gels for a long time. Then I did it again, and I completely regretted it. I love that you're going back to basics polish, but how are you keeping them from chipping so much? Mm-hmm. Like, do you have a favorite top coat? Do you have a hack? What's going on? Or do just be very careful. I'm care- I am careful. I will say, like, that's that's the biggest thing is that. Are you a light typer? Uh, well, the problem, the typing doesn't bother my nails though, because that's just really like the okay my my finger pads. Voice texture, uh, voice texture for sure. It's really digging in bags. Like I I, te- oh. I have like a little bag, mm-hmm. and I find that if I dig in my bag like all the way in the bottom, that can really ruin your nails. Mm-hmm. So I'm careful about that. This is all making so much. So everything you're saying not to do is what I do. Like so <laughs> that might be part of the problem. And don't use your nails as tools either. Like sometimes if you you know if you go to like a store and it has like a little sticker on like you uh, buy like a or glass. Gift card. What do they do on yes. the back of gift cards? It was exactly. just Christmas. Every single one is like mm-hmm. a freaking like penitentiary mm-hmm. of numbers that you can't get through. Exactly. Without a nail. Don't use your like. We all tend to then go. Okay, I'm gonna use my new, my nail as a tool to like no. scrape this thing but off. But now we're gonna hear Michelle in our voices saying, "Don't do it. Don't nails are not na- tools. Nails are not tools. That's a good one. And for then your I daughter. will also once I do my nails, I will top coat. I'm. I don't have a favorite top coat, honestly. Okay. I really tend That's to okay. use just whatever there is around. A little sesh feet, maybe. I don't maybe, know. Maybe. Whatever's uh, around. Whatever. Whatever's around. I do t- I have a lot of like Zoya stuff at home, which I'm using a lot. But then two or three days after I do my nails, I top coat again. Okay. So I feel like that's one of the big things is that like eventually after like three or four days, you know, you're going to get like little dings and stuff in your nails. If you top coat it at that point and just let it dry perfectly, you your manicure should last a little bit longer. Nice. And you mentioned, you know, whatever's lying around. What products are lying around your desk? So at the office. many. <laughs> um, First, well, probably a hundred. Facial mist. Yes or no? Oh, facial mist. A hundred percent. So I have Mario Badescu is like very good to me. And they sent me like, I'm not kidding, probably 12 different facial line. mists, <laughs> like in different sizes and everything. So you will find probably a dozen Mario Badescu mists around. Are you a dog person or a cat person? Um, this is Jen's theory. I'm I don't subscribe to this. I'm a cat person. But you like facial mists. I do. She's rogue. You, she, you're the one person hasn't. She's not rogue. I have Wait, maintained what? that if you're a dog person, you like facial mist. But if you're a cat person, you don't. And so far, it has pretty much worked out with everybody we ask. But you're throwing off my numbers. Interesting. Well, I when I was growing you're an up, outlier. When I was growing up, we always had a dog. Okay. But then as I became an adult, we now have cats. Okay, I have to adjust my You've theory. Met, you have more than one cat. We have two cats. Oh, beautiful. Yep. What are their names? So Bowie and Atari. Oh. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I interrupted the facial mist. What <laughs> so else fa- is on facial your desk? Mist, I have a lot of facial mists. Um, what else is on my desk? For hand cream for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another thing that people are always like, what hand cream do you use? What cuticle oil? I can don't really use cuticle oil that much. Like I feel like um, for me, the annoying thing about cuticle oil is that anytime that I'm touching my hair or anything else, it's all over me. It's like all over my face. It's all over my hair. Um, so I'm, I use hand cream, I would say – 
sometimes up to 12 times a day just because it's like right near my keyboard. Mm-hmm. This yeah, is yeah. why your hands are so pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, Which one do you like? I have the one that's on my um, computer right now is Grown Alchemist. Mm-hmm. So they have a body cream. And again, I'm not using things that are like called hand cream. I'm just using any lotion or anything. I'll go to Trader Joe's and they have just like a big thing of like body lotion mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll just get that. My husband actually ordered from like a health food store or something. There's this thing called Gator Balm that's like... What is Mr. Michelle Lee doing ordering products? Come <laughs> to the beauty closet, sir. I know. I just, so I just saw this thing. I think he had like dry hands or something, like dry cracked skin. Ooh. So he thought he needed something that was like really like intense. severe and intense. Amen. So he bought this thing and I just saw it like sitting in our kitchen at some point. I was like, I'm going to use this. And it's actually pretty awesome. Gator Balm. Gator Balm. Cool. Okay. All right. Any other products? Like we, we've got the inside scoop right now. Um Fragrance, we always like to ask people about, and hair. Yes. Before we let you go. um, So I have a couple favorites. So one of my favorites is Lalabo Bergamot 22. Mm, I love anything like kind of citrusy and clean and fresh. Um, Anything too heavy, I'm not really a fan of. Um, (laughs) Love that one. And I also love, I always forget like the exact name of it. It's the, um, the Louis Vuitton, it's like Le Jour... Celeb? Oh, the one that was like the morning day on the mountain. Yes. It was like the not the first launch, the second. We'll link to it on the blog. Yes, yes, it's yes. It's lovely and fresh. It's I wrote a story about that. That's why I know that one. The it's, morning day on the mountain. Oh, it's beautiful and it's pretty. And I feel like both of those, I don't mind. Like some people change their fragrance per season, right? Where it's like you feel like, oh, I need my winter fragrance. I need my summer fragrance. I, I wear those like no matter when. Hmm. Yeah. And then hair. Hair. I, for the longest time, had really had short hair. So I always had it like right. right around my ears. And then I grew it out. I think I started growing it probably about two years ago. And I went through this very awkward phase of where it was like that weird like middle stage. And then now it's finally starting to feel long. And I'm having a lot of fun just like styling it and doing it and stuff. And it just it, people now like literally just this week have been like, whoa, where did your hair come from? <laughs> so I feel like the products that I've been using have been a little bit different too. And I've been trying to use um, – for like hair care, I've been trying to use more like clean beauty products. Um, I've been doing like Briogeo. I use Nature Lab. Um, I mean, this is not clean beauty, but like Pros sent me something, so I've been trying that. Um, and then hair styling, I have been not again not super loyal to anything. I try a lot of different things. Um, I've been trying really hard to only wash my hair now once a week. Is this wave you have natural? No. So, I so have what tool made straight. that? So this is um, flat iron. Oh, you do yeah. it yourself? Yep. Wow. You really know your way around like a beauty tool. Or <laughs> beauty You'd kid. think the editor-in-chief – is that still your title or do we call you like brand content? It's, cre- it's editor-in-chief. The yeah. editor-in-chief of Allure knows her shit. You I know, know but saying? usually you can outsource that stuff at that level. So <laughs> You know what? Well done, Michelle. I am a DIY girl. Like I feel like I love – I love learning stuff myself, and that's why as much as I could probably find someone to do my nails every week, and that would be amazing yeah. and fun and everything. I bet a bunch of our listeners would volunteer, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. I get a lot of enjoyment out of, like, learning how to do it myself, and I was not always good at doing my – I actually am – I used to be terrible at doing my hair. And so my poor daughter um, was in ballet, and, like, you know, all the moms have to do oh, their hair. Buns, the daughter's yeah. hair in a bun. Her bun was like the jankiest, weirdest looking, like, like lopsided don't, don't bun. Tell them what oh, mommy no. does for a living. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying really hard to only wash once, maybe twice a week now, just for like my hair health. Mm-hmm. So I um, I never used to understand dry shampoo. 
before, like I was always that person, like I don't understand, like why do people like this? And now I'm like very into dry shampoo. I use the Bumble um, one for that, but again, not super loyal. I feel like I have a ton of them. I have like a whole row of them in my my office. So whatever is there, I'll kind of like spritz in my hair. The big thing for me though is that my hair is really black. So there are some of them that make my hair look gray because it yeah. just yeah, leaves like yeah, that white yeah. cast. So that tends to be the thing that like it's either the scent of it or if it leaves like the white cast in my hair that I'm not into. Is there one that you love that you can recommend? It, I, it's the, I think I like the, the Bumble, Bumble and Bumble Nourishing one. Okay. Um, that's kind of like my my go-to right now. Okay. And then my other my other big pet peeve, I guess, about my hair is that I have a lot of like little flyaways <gasps> on top. Oh, well, your well, episode will actually – have yeah. answers for we, you. Yeah, we're, really? we're sorting that out. Don't okay, worry. Wait, 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 wait. So what? What should I use? Well, you're going to have to listen, listen to your listen, full listen episode. Listen to the full episode. Okay. The drops. Well, because um, people have told me before to do like the natural hair, uh, the natural fiber toothbrush and that spray. That works too. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't work on me though. Okay. We got you. All right. Unless I was just using like not a great hairspray on it. Maybe you need a fatter hairbrush. Maybe. Maybe a fatter toothbrush. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. So my problem, like, if, have you ever seen, like, the Asian babies where when their hair is, like, short, their hair just sticks straight up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my hair. So because I have these little baby hairs when here. When they're still growing, they're, there's like, not, they grow like, out, not they down. They like, wires. Like, they just stick straight up. So I, especially if I'm standing against, like, a white background or something, you just <laughs> see, like, these crazy wires sticking up. <laughs> just my That's hair. That's so funny. Um, right, you yeah, can't so have don't, it all, Michelle. Don't fast forward <laughs> through the beginning of your episode to hear how you did. We might have some help for you. Okay, good. Um, was there anything we should have asked you that we didn't? Mm, I'm trying to think about like even just like beauty stuff. I mean, make makeup. I get okay. So the other thing I'm really fanatical <laughs> She's like, about. Yes, I'm you like, did yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Eyeliner. So I I have gone through. I think I've maybe in my lifetime tried over a hundred eyeliners just because I'm so fanatical about it. Like I'm very fanatical about eyeliner and mascara. And sometimes people say to me, like, what's your favorite mascara? But I feel like mascara is one of those things. It's so personal. It's very personal. Yes, that like my lashes are not at all like your lashes. And so what I maybe like um, and the, the things that I really need, my lashes are very straight and just stick straight down. They're very short. So I need something that when I curl them, it's going to hold my curl. Someone who has longer lashes doesn't need that. Um, for me, though, like mascara wise, like I I really, really love – I'm using right now um, Lancome Monsieur Big Waterproof. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when I tell other people, they're like – it's not necessarily their favorite. Um, I saw Gemma Chan the other day, and I really love also – there's the Maybelline The Falsies. It's like – it's very specific ones. like Maybelline The Falsies Flare Waterproof. <laughs> She's the only other person I've ever met who was like, the mascara I use is – and she named exactly that one. I was like, that's it's crazy. It's like your lash twin. We all have a lash twin that's out so there funny. somewhere. And what's the liner that you like? And then the liner that I really keep going back to is MAC Brushstroke. Um, okay. Really, really love that one. And I think because I have like monolid eyes, there's the inner corner of my eye actually folds in on itself. Mm-hmm. So again, for a lot of people who, if your eyes don't do that, my big concern though is that if I get teary in there or if my eye rubs on itself, mm-hmm. anything that's not like waterproof, if it doesn't really last, it just like is gone within the first 20 minutes. Mm. So that one really lasts on me. And I, again, I've tried so many other ones and I've been disappointed by other ones, but I keep kind of going back Brush there. Stroke. Okay. Yep. I'm glad we ended on mascara, yeah. aren't you? You've been awesome. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for coming and sharing all your your story of your career and your favorite products. Thanks, ladies. Thanks, Michelle. Jen, it's time to raise a wand. I'm so ready. This product is what you want to wear if you're feeling tired, if you're hungover, if you're sick, if you are just a little... 
Love. Little, yeah, under the weather, pissy anything. Ready? <laughs> pissy face product. Go. <laughs> Laura Mercier Tinted Moisturizer SPF 20 Illuminating. You really want to get the illuminating one. That's okay. been around for a while, right? It, oh, yeah. This is not a new product. I've been wearing this for over 10 years. Talk about the 10-year challenge. Here's yeah. your 10-year challenge right here. <laughs> okay. okay. I I used to buy this product. We talk about like, you know, my year of, you know, people say my year of rest and relaxation. This is my year of spending real money on products. Okay. When I worked for Space NK and we got like a discount, but we didn't get like full on gratis on everything. What she's trying to say, she liked it that much. That much. Okay. This is $46. Um. I how is it different from regular tinted okay, moisturizer? Ready? This has tiny, tiny, tiny little shimmery particles, and some people find it too shimmery. I'm not gonna lie. I'm one of them. I know this product. You know this product? Okay, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just enough. Just, um, just call her Glowgasm yeah. Matlin. <laughs> I think it really gives you. An all-over glow that doesn't feel too disco, but it definitely is a shimmer. Um, you know who else co-signs on this product? Daniel Martin. And okay. he's all about like a beautiful illuminated and glow. And he does skin that doesn't look shimmery, just looks glowy. It looks real. But it's definitely a glow. And I think this with just like minimal, like a little lip gloss and mascara is all you need for that kind of like naturally gorgeous look. Okay. You know what else you need? You're going to die when you see what I have. Lumify eye drops. Oh, like this is like real. Yes, for real. Okay, Lumify is this Bauchin, it's a Bauchin Lum eye drop mm-hmm. that um, doesn't Trusted work. manufacturer. Doesn't work like a vasoconstrictor, like the old eye drops where you'd get rebound redness and all that. I know I sound like an ad, but truly we're not sponsored. Truly. And um, so you know what they're calling them at work? My coworker, Taylor. I started using them and I was like, I wonder if anybody else has realized these are really good. Like your eye makeup just looks better. Remember I showed you that before and after yeah. photo? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that was wild. It makes your eyes whiter in this way that like... You put it at the end of the day when you're just looking blah. Forget the illuminating moisturizer. Honestly, this makes a big enough difference that I put in the eye drops. And I'm like, I look so much brighter. Um, you know what she calls them? Doll eyes. Oh, that's sweet. Like the big blinky, yeah, you know. Yeah. So her and her girlfriends, when they're going at it at night, they're like, where's doll eyes? Where's doll eyes? Like they only bought one bottle oh. for their whole roommates. <laughs> and like everybody's like sharing it like it's that's drugs so or funny. something. It's only like 10 bucks too. Um, but like one drop in each eye. And if you have contacts, you have to use it 10 minutes before I think you put your contacts okay. in. Just so you know. But I don't know. I was never into eye drops. They never really seemed to work. And then I was always worried about like, you know, and then I need them and I'm hooked on them. I'm not yeah. hooked on this, but I totally know the difference. That's a great endorsement. Yeah. So all get right. your doll eyes. There you go. You'll be glowy on your skin and glowy in your eyes. Oh, this is a good combo. You're right. You're welcome, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. We're growing because of people like you telling your friends, family, and everyone else in your network about the show. Be sure to follow us on all the social networks at Fat Mascara. And if you want to drop us a line to tell us how great we are or complain or suggest something that we should talk about, it's info at fatmascara.com. You can also give us a rating on iTunes if you like what you hear. How many stars? Five. Five stars, please. know real when you get it it'll say ebay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it maybe it's a head-turning handbag a watch that says it all jewelry that makes you look like the gem sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly when it comes to style and luxury ebay gets it they're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts not just any experts specialized experts real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience so when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee shop with confidence 
Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Oh, yeah. 